So it really is going to take a black movement to counteract this. In the Glenn, old it's days, funny we you used- say that. Or it's not funny. It's it's profound that you say that. Because, again, if you understand, if, if the 1619 Project out of New York, the New York Times, if they had told the truth, mm-hmm. they would be educating all Americans that the African-American journey here has been about making America better, making America live up to the uh, principles in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. And so you're right. It's going to take us as black people returning to our faith-based roots and because we have been the driving force of expansion of freedom and America living up to the things that Thomas Jefferson and others put in the Declaration of Independence. And I, I do think in order to be heard in this moment, the, the truth is going to have to come from black people standing their ground and standing on their faith-based principles. That is the antidote because if you say it, you're a racist and no one... They, the, the well, you're is, a racist too for saying it now. I spent By the a, way, go ahead. I spent a lot of time, Glenn, saying, you know what, I'm going to do something once I clean up this or that in me. Like, yes. oh, once I'm free of sin, then I'm like, well, hold on, man. I'm never going to be free of sin. And so I'm going to lean into my identity in Christ. And the more I do that, the, the more my actions reflect that because it, it forces me. And again, I, I told you all yesterday about you know, some of my past or whatever. But the more I've leaned into my identity in Christ, like, because I used to love strip clubs, Glenn. One of my best friends in Kansas City, a mentor of mine, uh, loved him to death like a father. He owned a strip club in Kansas City, and I was there three or four times a week. I haven't been to a strip club in three or four years because I've leaned so much into my identity in Christ. I'm like, man, I would, I would look stupid inside of a strip club. Jason, you tell everybody you're a Christian and you're blah, blah, blah. And, and my I wake up every morning and I listen to gospel music to start my day. And it takes me out of like, well, I can't go to a strip club. I'm a Christian because I'm thinking yeah. about being a Christian all the time. And yeah. I'm no longer, I'm not perfect by any stretch, but I'm certainly trying to work on getting better. And I just think if we can, we're gonna, I'm going to be trying to tell people, and I'm not gonna be a minister, I'm not gonna throw it in their face, but I'm just, we have to connect through our identities in Christ instead of all these identities through skin color and sexuality and all that other stuff that tears us apart. If we connect with people that share our Christian identity, it actually brings us together. Welcome back. We, I feel like we took like a year away from the podcast. L- literally, I only took one week off. If you didn't know, um, maybe you missed me last week. I hope so. I missed y'all. I missed doing this. Um, I've been going through a, a bit of a, a, a mental, um, emotional, philosophical, theological, kind of a, a, a change, a switch up. Uh, God's been talking to me the past week. And I want to share some of that with y'all because it does affect the direction that I'm going to take the podcast um, only for the better, I, I would I would say, in my opinion, only for the better. It's going to accelerate us because I've needed that, that focus. I've needed that definition for what it is we're trying to do to, to really find what direction to, to jet towards. And I have that, I believe, or I'm at least on the right path, and we will get into that. Part two to that, taking the time off, has been um, not only deciding the direction of the podcast, but deciding the kind of people that I want to bring on the show, because I really want to start bringing outside voices to y'all on a weekly basis, people who are not just engaging in the culture, the, uh, not engaging in society, not witnessing society, but people who are influencing, you know, 
influencers, but not people who are trying to be influencers, people who just by the fact that they are themselves, that they are free in what they do, um, live in the American dream, those types of people are, are growing in popularity on social media because we witness that and we're like, man, I want a piece of that. So those are the types of people, whether it's a musician living out the musician's dream, not necessarily rich off of it, but just loving what they do and, and waking up every day excited to do it, uh, or business owners, people within local um, politics, but local, um, there's a word I'm looking for, but just, just city, localized government, things like that. People who are actually trying to influence their communities and through influencing their communities, influencing the world. I think that too many times a lot of us, we get into a, a mindset that in order to change the world, we have to char- uh, change a, a worldwide problem. Or we have to do something so monumental that there's no way you can do it with a couple of hundred followers on Instagram. And I think that that's, that's something that, one, I think it's intentional. Uh, from from within society, it's almost a barrier to entry, just like in business, and you, you got to get this license and this license, license and comply with this ordinance or whatever. It's a barrier to entry to the people who just want to engage in business within the community, and, and it's done intentionally, I believe, in many cases. Same with influencing society, uh, becoming an influencer, things like that. I think people intentionally portray themselves as having done something insurmountable and that is why they now have the the job title of influencer and i think that it's it's a lie i i think that we all can influence on whatever scale it is we we want to and whatever scale it is our message is reflecting uh, or the people are reflecting with our message the more people who reflect with our message the more people who are going to tune in and that's just um free market capitalism when you when you apply it to uh the the marketplace of ideas and so let's get into that intro audio because i didn't i'm hesitant many times to to play audio from conservative thought leaders like if you didn't know that was glenn beck and i'm hesitant because and i'm not saying this to brag or anything i promise you but that audio is another example of me having these these feelings or having these thoughts about the direction of society that I'll, that I'll get into. That's going to be the, the meat and potatoes of this episode. Um, but having those ideas or, or the, the thoughts and, and realizing that it's not profound, a lot of people are feeling that way, and that's not a a, a, a bash against myself. I think it is that. What you're feeling in regards to society, in regards to the news and what's happening in our country, there's so many things that I I could bring up just right there as examples from riots to police violence to the situation at the border to now talking about court packing to everything that's just that's going on that just seems to overwhelm us on a daily basis. All of those things, when you've got that feeling in your gut like, Everything I'm seeing is pointing to this fact. Maybe it's not just you. And I played that audio because that audio is from Wednesday of this week, April 14th. And everything that they talked about, I have been feeling for the, the whole week prior. And I'll get into what the last week looked like for me. Um, but th- this conservative movement movement that I talk about, it's changing. It's, it's getting roots. Now, what do I mean by that? When you think of conservative, you think, oh, they love guns. They love America. They are anti this or pro this. And I think that defining it so simply has been the limitation of the movement. Or, or maybe this, d- defining it so broadly on so many different issues, taking a stance here, taking a stance here, taking a stance here that that is limiting any sort of a movement or an enlightenment or a um, a rekindling or, oh, what's the word, a, a reformation movement. It limits it because it's not really getting to the root of the problem. 
And the movement isn't conservatism. It isn't republicanism. None of that. It's love. If the movement is rooted in love, which I believe that is where we're turning to, then love wins, right? And the only way to keep that fire of love alive is to feed it. And that brings me to really what I took a week away from the podcast to explore uh, within myself and within my motivations and my uh, beliefs and my faith uh, before I brought, I wanted to bring it to the show. So that is what we're going to get into in today's episode of the Point B podcast. Uh, we're on episode 36, and I'm not slowing down anytime soon. Before we get into the show, uh, th- there is a, a change to the show that I've t- that I've hinted at, and that is bringing guests on the show. And this is going to be somewhat of a teaser of who I hope will be my first guest on the podcast. Uh, recently, I, I live in Bernie, Texas, a little bit north of San Antonio, Texas. Beautiful area, the hill country, wonderful town. I love it here. Uh, it, it is Trump country, just north of one of the bluest counties, Bear County of, of, of the nation, uh, is Trump country. And I don't love it because it's Trump country, but I love what comes with that classic kind of Texas feel. It's a beautiful town. Anyways, my wife and I, uh, you know, I always talk about Black Rival Coffee. And then I've branched away from Black Rifle, and I've also talked about Bison Union. Now, in Bernie, Texas, we've, we just got a Black Rifle Coffee uh, shop, what, a couple of years ago? And love it. It's awesome. It's always packed. They're, they're killing it. It's great. And then, if my life wasn't already just perfect because of that, we got a Bison Union store. And I've talked about Bison Union Coffee on the on the podcast. If you haven't looked at them or checked them out, check them out on Instagram. They're always posting really cool content. They have awesome t-shirts. And it's just a really cool lifestyle brand that has a really awesome vibe. It's, it's a very be a good person. Uh, my wife and I got a couple of shirts. I got some coffee, got some stickers. And I just really, I fanned out when I, when I was there, cause I actually met somebody that I have known about through these other podcasts through Black Rifle Coffee and, uh, talking to her was just, it was kind of a surreal moment for me. And, uh, so I'll leave you with that teaser, but, uh, I, I do encourage you to go check out at Bison Union on Instagram, look at their products They're They support good organizations. They themselves are solid America, freedom, loving people. And it's awesome. And then also check out Bison Union TX, and that that is the Texas wing of Bison Union. And like I said, they got this Bernie shop now, and it's no masks. And they got a sign out there that says, we're open, free beer. And they're so inviting. It is such an awesome shop there. So if you happen to be in the San Antonio area, um, in and around San Antonio, head up to Bernie. And right there on Main Street, check out Bison Union store. And uh, they're good people, so uh, check them out. Now, to get into what it is I want to bring to you today, I have a very uh, very specific message I want to bring to you that you may or may not reflect with, but I, I want you to listen to to uh, to what I experienced last week and 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 just know that this is going to be at the heart, at the the core, the mission of this podcast going forward. I've never, never quite been the type of person that um, really tries to push my beliefs on people, and, and I'm still not. That's not what I'm here to do today. But I do feel, and I explained it to my wife this way. It took me a week to explain it to her, so it was a solid week of basically me not talking to her and us having a very weird vibe in the house because I was so wrapped up in what it was I was going through. Which, which I, will, I will get to here very soon. But what I explained to my wife is I feel like I've got this good news. And um, it's, it's like if, if, if you had a, a surefire way to make a million dollars overnight, just if you do X, Y, and Z, tomorrow you will have $1 million in your bank account. You would tell everybody that you, that you knew. You would tell everybody you could because it's like, Look, hey, I care about you. Here's a way to get a million dollars. That that would solve a lot of a lot of problems. <laughs> um, you know, money doesn't buy happiness, but it, it you know sure gets you on the way there at times. It at least can alleviate stresses in certain areas. 
And so, so you would, you would, you would share that information. Well, that's how I feel about my experience last week. I had a very, um, oh man, very dramatic, impactful week. And I want to share that with you because it's something now where I'm like, man, I wish I had known about this sooner. I wish I had listened to all of those people in my past who told me exactly what it is I feel right now. And yet I didn't listen because it wasn't my time yet, I guess. So I, I will just get into it. Um, I I had a, a, a moment on Sunday on Easter. I got to see my family, got to hang out with them for the first time in a very long time because of freaking COVID. And we were just hanging out, talking, laughing, just as if 2020 had basically not happened. And it kind of brought me back to my senses of pre-COVID back to, man, there are so many things that are way more important than what the hell Trump's doing or whatever Biden's doing or what's going on in DC or what's happening on the news. There's so much more out there. And and that started kind of this snowball effect of well, what is important. I listen to a lot of music while I'm uh, working. So Monday, I think Monday morning, a video came on and this singer was playing this beautiful song about freedom, uh, obviously from a, from a Christian perspective, freedom, not freedom from physical human slavery, freedom from spiritual slavery. But he's singing this in front of a crowd at a prison, and there's, there's prison inmates of every age, every race, just on their feet praising God. And that, <laughs> don't ask me why. But for some reason, that shook me to the core. And I felt something that I haven't felt in a long time. And it, and it, it was a realization of what it is that we should be trying to accomplish with our time here on earth. We get so wrapped up in politics. We get so wrapped up in fame and money and materialism and in appearances. And we forget about what actually has ramifications beyond our lifetime here on this earth. Now, that that, that might have excluded a whole portion of the audience because maybe you don't believe in a heaven or a hell. And, and if, if you don't, I, I would encourage you to continue to listen. I'm not trying to alienate you. I'm trying to explain to you what it is my 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 faith, what point my faith has brought me to. And with that being said, politics and what's going on in our country, all of that is vitally important. But at the same time, the scope of that worry is limited compared to what I'm going to present to you right now. I have been, especially in my adult life, more concerned about getting cornered on a question regarding my political ideology over the fear of being cornered on a question about my faith, about my belief in God or my relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and I've been making these notes uh, all last week, some this week, mostly last week, uh, just as these ideas kind of pop into my head. And if I wrote that sentence down, and then later on the realization hit me that it's because maybe I feel more likely to be in a position in a position to discuss my political views than I would my faith, and that's a problem, right? If if I'm saying my faith it has these eternal consequences, why am I not expecting somebody to come to me? If I post on Facebook, I got this surefire way to earn a million dollars overnight. Why would I not expect people to come to me and say, hey, I want to know? So if I'm not expecting people to ask me about my faith, maybe that's because I'm not presenting my faith to them in any sort of way. People come to me and say, hey, I heard this on the news. What do you think about this? I've had those questions come at me. That's because my social media and everything is focused exclusively on politics. And again, that is a problem, but I realized it's fixable. And 
not that my concern has been wrong in paying attention to politics. I think we all should, not for politics' sake, but for our own sake, uh, especially with the direction the country's going and how quickly we've pivoted. Um, so no, it's not wrong to be to be concerned about those things, but put it into perspective. There are people out there who would call Donald Trump a fascist or a tyrant or an oppressor. There's people who would call an entire race of people in our country right now the oppressors. Another race of people, the oppressed. People use like the word tyrant in reference to a Joe Biden. Or communist or socialist. All these different labels. But eternally speaking, there is an oppressor and there is a tyrant. And his name's not Biden or Trump, or Obama, or Clinton. All of, all of this uh, searching, accusing, finger-pointing, political point scoring, it all ends with one inevitable conclusion. You don't, I don't, we do not have the answer to these problems that we're encountering in our everyday life and what we're seeing on the news. Because the answer, it's not that we don't have the answer. We do. We're just ignoring the answer. The answer is something that you can't look to some politician or a preacher or a parent or a friend or a husband, wife, significant other. Uh, nobody, none of those people can provide this answer to you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this around to freedom. Because really, this has revolutionized my idea of what freedom is. And, and it's been enlightening. It's been amazing. We are free. We are free people. But maybe not because of, of what you think. You're free because you're responsible. You will be held responsible. Now, I'm not saying that you are a responsible person. There are a lot of irresponsible people, myself included, in many areas of my life. It's like, what are you doing, man? You know better. Um, but you will be held responsible for your own soul. You are responsible for your own attitude, for your own outlook on life, your relationships, how you treat those relationships, the people involved in those relationships. You're free because you're powerless to solve this big issue that is at the root of all the problems in our country. And that's, that's a weird notion. That's a weird thing to think about being free because you're powerless. Um, I think that's a central theme, really. If you start talking about uh, Christianity or faith or anything like that, it's freedom through inability, freedom through acknowledging that you can't do it. I think a lot of people within this this conservative movement, and I and I, and I say conservative movement, but people associate that with republicanism, and, and that's not the case. I think the conservative movement really is all-encompassing. There's so many people in the Democrat Party that are like, who feel like they don't have a, a political party anymore because the, the Democrat establishment has moved so far left, so far against all the traditions that we've held dear in our country. So when I say conservatism, I mean this movement of people getting back to just treating each other as human beings and not through this lens of what race are you, what sex are you, uh, do you support this or that, who do you vote for, who do you not vote for, who would you never vote for, all those different things. And, and it really did take a Donald Trump to give people of faith some fight. And what do I mean by that? You got to be careful when you use words like fight, right? Um, Donald Trump, I believe, spoke to what concerned the everyday American. Now, you can assign whatever motive you want to that, but you, you cannot deny. The CNNs, the New York Times, everybody will acknowledge the fact that Donald Trump didn't appeal to the New Yorker. He didn't appeal just to the common man working a normal job, making plenty of money to pay the bills. He appealed to the, to the really more common man who does struggle with the bills, who is concerned about the government, and all those different things. And, and I bring Donald Trump into this, not because I'm going to start down the politics route, but because Donald Trump, to me, is evidence that God can use anybody. 
oh, he's saying that Donald Trump was there because God wanted him to be. Well, just the same as I believe God wanted Biden to win for, for whatever reason in that plan, whether you like him or not, whether you liked Trump or not, there's a plan, I believe. And Joe Biden is fitting into that plan in some way. And Donald Trump did as well. So I'm not, again, not trying to pick a side here. I'm saying that I believe God wanted to use Donald Trump for some purpose. And he did. Okay. But within that using of Donald Trump and his resources and his, his attitude or whatever it was that, that he brought to the table, many people, and, and I'm speaking to people on the right, because obviously people on the left hated Donald Trump. Um, now, that is kind of the, the balancing act of the fault with the right, the, the over-eagerness, the, the zealousness to back Donald Trump is just as bad as this compulsive need to hate and disagree with everything he does. It's, a, it's the same coin, just different sides. Both are wrong. So you can't claim some righteousness because you hated Donald Trump. But that coin, that love or hate for a man is the problem, or part of the problem anyways. Our priorities have shifted to king and country. Our country was not founded on king and country. Our country was founded on God and then no king, but having this, this necessary evil called government, pride in who we are as a nation, and enough fear and respect for power that we limit it to the, to, to the extreme, hopefully, keeping that power out of Washington, D.C. That was where we were founded. We are absolutely not there anymore. But we, our priority has shifted to that king, of, king and country feel, you know, everything. I need to do everything for my country. I need to pick a side of who's going to run the country instead of taking this charge, this mission from our God, from our savior, Jesus Christ, and introducing our king and country to the king of the country, of the world, of the universe. And that's not to discount what you may feel, or even what I feel, this love that I feel for the country, what this love that I, I have for our freedoms and our liberties and our, our Bill of Rights and our founding documents and the genius the founders had, the foresight the, father, the founding fathers had. But as a patriot, or as a parent, or as children, think of the things that you would do out of love for people in your family or people in your friend circle or somebody you work with or anything. What would you do out of love for those people that you do love? I won't speak for you, but I'll speak for myself. There's nothing nothing I wouldn't do for my family members or for my wife. Even for my pets on some days. Not all days. Um, and that, that, that love, what, that, those things that you would do, you as a human. Now, if you believe in a God, and you believe that this God loves you, that wants to have a relationship with you. If you don't, that's a that's a completely separate notion or idea that we got to that's a bridge we got to cross. But if you, if you believe in a loving God, if you believe in a God who cares about you, who loves you and wants the best for you. Now, you a flawed human, if you would do these amazing things, these great sacrificial things out of love, how much more likely is it that God or Jesus would and, and that brought me to why am I so much more confident in my ability to love the country and my ability to affect change through acts of kindness and love over God's ability to do those things through me. So that, that brings me back to the idea of powerlessness that, you know, you believing in your own power, you believing in your own ability really is your limitation. When you let go of that and you acknowledge, I am not capable. I mean, just you've listening to me on this podcast. Words are hard for me sometimes. And, and so trusting in my ability, that's why I've been so stressed out over this. I'm like, how the hell am I going to do this? And then ultimately this week or last week led me to the point where, I, you know what? I can't. But if this is something I'm supposed to do, then God will give me the words. God will give me the, the strength and the, and, the, and the right 
motivations behind what it is I'm doing. So all of that, all of that brought me to this realization right here. And it stems from this idea of priorities. Uh, What are you putting your strength towards? And then what are you watching out of the corner of your eye? Up till last week, even to now, what I'm fighting against is focusing or experiencing the world and then seeing Christ out of the corner of my eye. And when this question came to me, it was, it was groundbreaking for me. Are you experiencing Christ or your faith as a Christian and witnessing the world or the other way around? As a kid, um, even as an adult, I, I loved listening to praise music if it was live because what really brought me into that frame of mind was seeing or hearing other people engaged. And I never really put any, um, I don't know, any weight behind that. I just, I, I noticed it and acknowledged it and moved on. But I really think that that was kind of not a stumbling block, but it was the ceiling I'd created for myself where I didn't feel that engagement with my God through my worship or through my actions or through my faith. It was witnessing everybody else's. And so now making it more personal, I want to experience Christ and witness the world doing its thing versus engaging with the world. And then just seeing God doing good things in other people's lives. I want those amazing things for myself. You know, I want to see not those things that God has for those people. I know that God has good things for me and God has good things for you that he wants you to do. And it may be huge. It may be what you would think of as inconsequential, but then you apply it to a specific person that you're supposed to engage with or talk to. And it's world changing for that individual. And so it, you know, like I said about influencers, you know, you don't have to be you know, some, some person on Instagram or Twitter with millions of followers to be an influencer. You are an influencer right now. Whether you're influencing your friends or you're influencing your coworkers, you are influencing somebody. And that's a lot of pressure when you put an eternal aspect to it. And that's where it's like, oh boy, you know, I, I need to, I need to check myself. You know, I need to check my motivations. And so, so I'm, first of all, I'm sorry if I'm jumping around a little bit. I'm trying, I'm trying to keep this all encompassed and we're going to get to a, uh, we're going to get to a point here. Um, but a lot of this, my political philosophy or, and all these different things, my decisions when it comes to work or business, having kids, uh, that was another thing that kind of rocked my world that we'll get into one of these days. Um, but this idea of being free, free politically, free financially, and then thinking about spiritual liberty and, 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 and applying the word freedom to my faith, I think was what revolutionized my, the, 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 the weight that I apply to my faith in my life. And it, it really took my idea, my love for freedom, and it took it from my logical fact-finding brain and put it into my heart with a passion. You know, I, I've always known I have a high capacity for emotion because everything makes me cry, <laughs> but... I've never really realized the the passion that was behind that. Um, I watched a video of DMX. He held a, a he was doing I guess Bible studies on Instagram Live before he died. And one of the videos he posted, he was getting into the love of God, and it's one that was circulated a lot after he passed away. And he starts talking about his main topic. I think it was just the love of God or having a relationship with God. And I, I recognized something within him. He started breathing hard. He started getting excited. What are the words I'm supposed to say right now? And I, and I reflected with that. And I'm realizing more and more that there's, there's a well 
of passion in all of us. And I don't think that's a unique thing to me or anything. It's just finding what it is that gets your heart beating a little bit faster, what makes you start breathing a little bit harder and makes you want to engage, you know, what it makes you want to turn on. It makes you, you want to start thinking of ideas and ways that things can be better in whatever realm or industry or uh, whatever it is that it, that is making you passionate. But we all have that within us. You know, I don't know exactly what changed in me this past week. But what I've realized more and more, and, and I've mentioned this before, since January 6th of this year, my heart has been aching. Like, you know those times when you're sad and it is a physical hurt. And you, you can't overcome it. When I was a kid, literally, my dad used to travel a lot for work. And, you know, I never, I never held any of that against him or anything, but my dad was my dad and I felt safe and protected when he was around. So when he would leave, I would have this pit in my stomach and, I, and in my heart where I just physically felt sad. And I guess I'd never really experienced that again, um, at least not recurring until January 6th, January 6th affected me and and so and so I had this hurt for this world I see people out in the world and I, I don't think I'm unique in this but just seeing people it's like man I just I wish I could find what it is right in this moment that would make that person feel loved and that, that, that's such a weird thing because it, it makes you go through life where you you stop focusing on yourself really and you start focusing on just everything around you and it becomes overwhelming and and that's where the stress started um my heart was affected by january 6th but my faith didn't get engaged in that stress in that uh passion it was all me and that's wrong not in motive but it, it is wrong in approach and so you apply that idea of passion and you think if we're all passionate then we've all been hurt passionately we've all been hurt just to the to the to the core of who we are we've had those moments where it's like that is literally the worst thing that could have happened to me right now and it'll stick and some have had more moments than others um i haven't had many thank god um but the ones that i have had have been freaking doozies and When you have a moment of brokenness, when you have a moment of, wow, this is going to define me, you start, if you don't let go of those things, you base every decision that you make. I mean, you've the typical somebody who got cheated on or whatever, and then now they've got trust issues. I mean, that, that really is a great illustration of this, but it extends to any sort of hurt or betrayal that you've experienced. Um, if you don't let go of it, if you don't come to terms with it, face it, and then put it behind you, it, it, it affects everything that you do, every decision that you make, every relationship that you have or don't have. And you could be missing out on real highlights of life. Um, and so again, back to the idea of this not being just me, I really feel like what I'm, what I've been feeling recently is not just me. I think it is very widespread because we were all affected, one, by the election. We were all affected by COVID-19 and we were all affected by January 6th. From personal freedoms to how we treat social media or how social media treats us to how we review our government and how our government views us. We've all been affected. And so if you've got that kind of Maybe it's an empty feeling. I think COVID put an empty feeling in a lot of us, just a lot of purposelessness um, or just a general sense of something's not right. Focusing more on this Biden-Trump BS, focusing more on what Washington, D.C. is doing, and maybe not just focusing, maybe focusing is the wrong word because I think we should be tuned in to what's happening. But stressing about it, worrying about it, thinking, what can I do that's going to change all these 
hundreds of problems that are affecting everybody. Focusing more on politics is not going to change what is happening. Because, and this is the point, finally, right? This is the point. This is a heart issue. This is not, oh, he's just not educated enough to make the right political decision. Or she is just not experienced enough to to instinctively know what the right answer here is. It's not intellect. It's not knowledge. It's a heart issue. Whether it's a broken heart or it's a prideful or boastful heart or an angry heart or a bitter heart or a joyful heart or a, a, a heart at peace. That passion is going to do something. And it drives us all in different directions, good or bad. So if you've got a heart issue, it's best to go to a doctor. And my God, my Jesus, is known as the great physician. Jesus didn't come here to, to engage or to heal healthy people. In his words, he came here to heal the sick. It's the sick who need a doctor. And it's the restless and it's the angry and the bitter who need peace. Thank God he's also known as the Prince of Peace. And if I had to isolate this past week, week and a half, two weeks almost, if I had to isolate it to a single feeling, it's peace. We serve a passionate God. We don't serve a God who is up there and if, if you're... If you read the Bible, God is not a passive God, especially in the Old Testament. He's not the God that just says, oh, well, y'all did that, so I guess we're just going to have to see what happens. No, it's, it's, hey, do this, and if you don't, well, that's when you start seeing, well, very dramatic <laughs> events unfold. Um, and so we serve a passionate God. We're meant to be a passionate people and a passionate church. And God's not a God of subtlety. And that goes against what this world is requiring of us more and more every day. And this is where I get back into the freedom aspect. This world is de demanding that we be quiet. That we submit. That we just be content to go away. Especially Christians, especially people of strong faith, not just Christians, there are people of all faiths around the world being persecuted. And I don't think that here in America that we have really reached religious persecution yet. But they're, they're, they're knocking on that door. They're, they're tiptoeing in that direction. But around the world, Christians, Muslims, Jews, anybody, every religion and faith is being attacked in some way because it has no, any faith that is acting as its principles demand is not acting as the lowercase g god of government and um, globalism that is happening. Everything we're doing now seems to be pushing in the direction of one government, one currency, one language, one belief system, one everything. And, and, and that lack of individuality from an individual person basis to an individual state to sovereign nations, when you start trying to merge all of that together, the only way to accomplish that is to take out those pieces that make you feel unique. And I don't mean unique as in, oh, I'm the only one who wears this type of clothing or I'm unique because... I don't know, all these, <laughs> so many things that people see as makes them unique. It's, it's weird because everybody's doing it, you know? Um, but they, 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 they want to, to, to take away those things that make us feel individualistic. And I, and actually it's so funny. So many things have been leading up to this podcast, which is a lot of pressure for me mentally, but my wife and I went to church this past Sunday and the pastor brought up a quote that it is impossible to enslave a Bible-reading people because the Bible is built on freedom and individual freedom, individual responsibility. And it is built on kind of a rebelliousness that I never really, I guess, acknowledged in the Bible. This rebelliousness against people saying, well, this is what you're supposed to do if it doesn't line up with what 
our faith says we're supposed to do. What following God looks like, if that doesn't line up with what the government says, there's a problem, you know? And so this isn't an attempt to now get everybody to listen to Christian music and not focus on politics. This isn't an attempt to get everybody to view their faith the way I do, because, and this is not my notes, but it's something I feel like needs to be said. My wife mentioned, you know, I've been kind of now after that week of just like solitude, we spent a Saturday of, of me crying and her kind of looking at me in panic. (laughs) Just, just kidding. But me crying on the patio and, and her listening and me trying to explain like this feeling of peace that I've had. And I hope it sticks around. And, and, and I've been kind of afraid to go back to regular music that I listen to and uh, li- paying attention to politics again. I felt like that was a long week of literally just me and God hand in hand. And it was a very, I keep saying the word strange and weird uh, when I talk to my wife about it or I talk to my brother about it. And I don't think those are the right terms, but really that's the only way I can describe it is this weird feeling that I've never experienced before. Not weird, strange, foreign to me because I've never engaged with my faith in this way, it feels like. But literally just being able to think about my problems and think, all right, God, I mean, you've you've done all this other stuff. You've already brought me through some terrible times and you brought me to this point. So why would you not see it through? Believing that, believing in the fact that I'm taken care of and, and and really putting that idea into practice in my life and in my thoughts and waking up in the morning and making a conscious decision. I haven't gotten to the point yet of, of reading my Bible consistently yet, and that's something I need, need to do, I know. But God's working on me, and and a big step for me has been focusing my brain on Him in the mornings. I got to take the dog out, so I put on some Christian music and I just pray. And and none of this is to brag. I'm nowhere near where I need to be. I'm I'm also, I I really believe I'm nowhere near where I should be. Being brought up in the church and all that, I feel like I'm behind a little bit. I shouldn't be realizing these things right now, but I am. And. And so I want to share it with you because it, this past week has been such a, a groundbreaking week for me that I kind of want everybody to now go in that direction because I really think that naturally that's where we're going um, as a country. And anyways, back to my wife. Um, this podcast isn't an attempt to get you on the same wavelength or the same movement or the same direction as me. Because that's that's not what our relationship with Jesus is. Um, my wife was saying, you know, I, I I want to feel what it is you're feeling because I want to understand. And it made me think, you know, if it wasn't my time to feel this way, because I really believe, I really do believe that starting on Sunday with Easter and some conversations I had and... And then Monday, seeing that video, and then all of a sudden, all this Christian music just started flooding to me. I've never liked Christian music. Turn on Caleb or whatever the Christian station is, and it's like, oh, it's all the same. And it was just boring, and there was no talent really behind it. Like, sure, musical talent, but not like, you know, I'm thinking if you're worshiping God, you're using this music as a song to God, why isn't it better? (laughs) Why isn't it more entertaining and why aren't the lyrics different? Why does this song sound exactly like this other song? And so I had a lot of beef with Christian music. But then all of a sudden, this music started flooding to me in my Spotify. And it was like, oh my gosh, this is great. So I got this playlist going of Christian music, and it's all good stuff. Um, but I, So I really do believe that all of that came to me at, a, at the time it was supposed to. At the time I was ready to receive it. And, and quite frankly, that was a time when I was at, not my lowest, I've been lower as far as events happening around me, but just my mental health, call it COVID, call it January 6th, call it the election, call it focusing too much on the wrong things, whatever it is. I was at a low point mentally. And that's when God came to me and said, Hey, listen, I got this, you know, I got this plan and I want you to be a part of the, of the victory. And you're not ready for it yet, but you're ready for me to introduce 
you to myself, God speaking to me. And he introduced me to the friendship aspect of God. You know, there's so many faces of God, whether it's love, wrath, justice, freedom, there's the savior, and then there's there's the 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 just side of God that that allows us to choose our fate, our eternal soul's fate. And there's all those aspects, but the aspect I'd never picked up on, the aspect to my marriage that I love, the thing that I was looking for in a wife and I found in Catherine is that best friend. But then when it came to my stresses behind politics and bills and things like that, I found once again that I felt alone. I felt isolated. I would reach out to people that I normally reached out to and all last week, it was like nobody had time for me. And that's not against them. Everybody's busy, you know, whatever. But it did, it, it piled on to this idea in my head that I'm alone. And it was a very lonely feeling. But, but that Monday when I started listening to that music and thinking about these things, it was, it was, it was like I, was, I had just had a giant bear hug around me. And that's the only way I can describe it is, you know, I was trying to explain it to Catherine. And I grabbed her hand and I said, this right here, what you feel us holding hands right now, that's how I have felt all week, but with God. <laughs> and, I, and I get it. If you're not in that place yet in your life or with your faith, um, it sounds weird. And, if, and me saying it out loud right now, it feels weird. But that doesn't discount the truth behind it. And I feel that truth and I've experienced it. I didn't just witness it in somebody else's life like I've been doing my entire life. I experienced it. I felt it. And just like somebody, you know, if, if you went to a concert and you experienced that concert, you heard the music, you felt the beat, you sang the words, nobody could then tell you, hey, you had a bad time during that concert. You'd, you'd be like, well, hey, bro, I was there. And uh, no, I had a great time. That's how I felt about, that's how I feel about last week. And, and this week too, it's just, it's been recurring and it's been changing and growing and getting less dramatic and more, okay, now what are you going to do with this peace that you've got? What are you going to do with this focus that I've given you, um, God, that God has given me this kind of laser focus now that the direction I want to head, what are you going to do with it? So it's less emotion now and it's more, all right, what's the next step? Um, anyways, that was not in my notes, but it took 20 freaking minutes. <laughs> I'm terrible about that. Um, but now once, once you've taken those steps and you feel the way you feel free financially, the way you feel free politically or whatever it is, when you extend that freedom to your spirit, to your eternal soul, once you've been spirit, spiritually liberated, there's nothing else. There really isn't. You, you are as free as you're going to get, and it's intoxicating. It is. It floods over you like, wow, I really can do what it is that God has, has put on my heart, has given me passion to do. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I, I feel that it's what I'm supposed to do. So if I believe that this God who cares about the birds and the grass and the flowers cares about me, well, then I guess he's going to find a way for me to do it, right? And that idea of God loving us, another side note here, um, I'm just going to keep talking until really my lunch break is over, um, but this idea of God loving us, I know it's, it's difficult for a lot of people. It's been difficult for me. Um, I've been betrayed. I've been hurt. I've been forsaken by people who should not have, the people who I thought would have been the, the ones to, to be by me forever were not and are not. And that is a difficult notion. I know a lot of people, I was blessed with a great father, um, but I know a lot of people were not. A lot of people have had a poor example of the definition of father. And so then they hear father, son, Holy Spirit, and they think, well, my, my dad was an ass. So, you know, what am I supposed to believe about the so-called father? And, and that's, I get it. I, I know it's a difficult thing. It's a difficult hurdle to get over um, in regards to faith. Um, but something that thinking about, does God love us? 
a lot of people will acknowledge, okay, this probably didn't happen by accident. I mean, if you if you, you got to have a really a, a mega level of faith to believe that just the right conditions happened in our universe that now we're here and I'm talking through a microphone and you're hearing, you might be hearing this a year from now. You know, like that is a miracle. But beyond just creating us, God didn't just make us and then say, all right, go exist. You know, he said, be fruitful and multiply. He gave us passion. He gave us love. He gave us hate. He gave us all of these feelings, these emotions within us that we have to battle and we have to engage and we have to decide which ones we want to fight and which ones we want to elevate in our lives. And beyond that, he didn't make us some blind salamander in a cave. He gave us eyes and he gave us attractive things to see with those eyes. He gave us trees with green leaves and he gave us flowers of different colors. You know, my wife has been obsessed with plants lately. And just looking at the plants, there's so many different varieties and types and they all require different amounts of sun and water. I feel like I've got a couple of kids out in the patio because every now and then the this plant will start looking all dry and, and, and lazy and I'm like, well, what the hell's wrong with you? Well, it's been sitting in the sun, so I got to scoot it back a few inches so it gets just a little bit less sun in the morning. And it, there, everything is so unique for us to see with our eyes. But then he took it another level. He gave us ears to hear. And he didn't just give us ears to hear grunts from each other. And, oh, that means you're hungry. Oh, we're having spaghetti for dinner. Like We don't just hear noises from each other. We can hear music and we can make noises that hit our eardrums and it's, it causes a literal physical and chemical reaction in our bodies where we enjoy what is here hitting our, our eardrums. And that's the one that gets to me because I love music. Music hits me in a certain way, you know, it's like smells, you know, sometimes smells can take you back to a memory. Um, that's not just me. I don't know if that's, that sounds weird, but no, that's a thing. Um, but also music really impacts me. And so when I hear music and it's a beautiful noise, there's this band I listen to called Trivium and they're not a Christian band, but there's this one song that for whatever reason, there's a musical section in one of their songs and it's like, Oh God, like (laughs) it it brings me to tears because I'm, I'm like, that is so beautiful. Thank you for giving me that. And so all that to say, God loves you. God didn't create you to just exist day after day after day. He built you. He created you in a 100% unique way to have a 100% unique relationship with him and to have a 100% unique experience with him on earth. And you react in a specific way to different senses and things that come at you. And that's on purpose. It's not by accident. So now, uh, to close this out, we're getting there. Going forward, I, I found that passion in me, and I found that joy, and I found that peace in these things that stress me out, and I battle it. I battle every day with looking too much at the news and, and, and obsessing too much over it and not paying enough attention to my wife or not paying enough attention to the animals or not paying enough attention to my bills or my job, and I'm focusing on these other things that are just distractions. I don't want that anymore, and I don't want that for you. If I have one listener who hears this, and I think I've got maybe more than one listener, but if only one person ever listens to this, I want you to kind of take this this mission, this charge, and apply it to your life. Because... I'm at the point now where I don't want to waste one more breath trying to convince or persuade or evangelize any more people, any more of my fellow Americans to, hey, you should be a Republican. You should vote for this guy. I'm not going to waste one more breath on that. I'm not going to waste one more breath on, hey, you should be a conservative. I will talk about the benefits of what I see as the benefits of a conservative uh, ideology towards politics or towards society. I'm not going to waste another breath, though, trying to tell people what they should do with their lives in any of those regards. If it's not centered in Jesus Christ and what Jesus Christ can do for you in your life, I don't want it. 
I don't want it to be on this podcast anymore. Yes, we will talk about politics. But I'm going to get into what I believe is going to be the central mission of this podcast. And there's going to be a name change coming with it. There's going to be a new logo. It's going to be a complete revamping of what it, what our goal is. Why am I talking into this microphone? Why am I spending my lunch talking into a microphone instead of eating? <laughs> I want this podcast to be a voice not for me, but a voice for, for those of you out there who are in the culture not um not engaging with the culture but people who are making the culture and specifically those who are pushing society those who are pushing the thought processes of us the 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 social media videos and all those things i want those on those people on the podcast who are using that passion and using their talents to bring this country where i think it it's ultimately going to end up it's just a matter of, of, of what side you're on or what part you play in that. But I think we are going to end up in a very sharply divided society. Because people like to think of Jesus as, you know, some unifying, peace-loving person, and he is. But at the same time, he's extremely divisive when you entertain those other influencers who are not pushing society towards Jesus, but away. So good or bad, who are the momentum changers? And the good ones are the ones that I want to put on the podcast. The good ones are the ones that I want to highlight, and I want to put them on the podcast because maybe they're not talking 100% about faith or about Christianity. Maybe they're not even Christian, but they're encouraging the best in us. They're encouraging the love aspect of us, not the hate and the bitterness and the sadness which is what so many do. And maybe they don't know it, or, or maybe they're good at hiding it, but their intentions are not good. Their intentions are to further isolate us. Their, their motivations are selfish while they're saying things, talking about helping each other out and, and being unifying and all these things. We've seen that just saying the word unity doesn't mean that you want that. Because sometimes unity is unity or else, and that's anything but unity. So who are the ones out there actually doing good things, actually pushing culture and society in a positive direction? Those are the ones that I want you to send me their contact info, or I want you to tag them in my posts, or DM me and say, hey, you should talk to this person, have them on the show. I'd, I would love nothing more to engage with people out there, even if they're not influencers, who are just good people. That's that's who I want to talk about. I want this podcast to be focused not on politics, but if there are bad things happening in politics, let's address it. But then what's the root problem? Many times it's just more hate. And, and the only way to counter that is not to, not to uh, you don't chase hate with facts. You chase hate with love. And that, that's what I want to do. So that is all I've got. <laughs> That's all I got for today. Um, I'm not saying I'm going to have guests on next week. I'm going to be working towards that this weekend, uh, reaching out to people who I'd like to have on the show. But of course, everybody's busy and everybody's got scheduling conflicts. So um, doing the podcast on Friday is tough. Uh, some Maybe people can't do it on Friday. You might have some pre-recorded episodes coming. Uh, but my, I'm going to do my best to... I do want to continue to bring facts, politically speaking, and to highlight things that are going on in our government, whether it's from Democrats or Republicans. I don't care. I think I've made that very clear. Uh, but things that I think we should be concerned about. And then I also want to take that and engage more locally. I want to start doing things that really um, enable us to come together and expose things that are going on maybe in our own local school districts. Uh, if you're in a state completely different from mine, which you're listening consistently, getting a group together in, in your area and having a local chapter of the podcast there where you engage with people in your own schools, you're in your own um, school boards and communities where when they start bringing some of this really nasty stuff, this critical race theory, this anti-love, anti-forgiveness, anti-American, anti-freedom and it's, it's making its way into your school, we need to have a way to call that out and expose it and shed light on it and counter it with action. 
And, and that's really where I want to take it because I'm done just witnessing what's happening in the world. I'm ready to start engaging. I think God gave us curious minds on purpose to question. And so as I've said before, when somebody tells you not to question something, somebody tells you not to read it, read it. They tell you not to watch it, watch it. They tell you not to buy it, buy it in bulk and really start owning what it is you believe. And don't do what I did. Don't try to own it from a standpoint of how do I change it or how do I make this look more like what I want it to be. Own it from the standpoint of you literally don't have control over it, personally speaking. But there is somebody who is in control. And his name is God. His name is Father. And, and that's if we, if we can start there, if we can push this movement in the direction of getting back to our roots in God, getting back to our faith, getting back to our passion, that is revolutionary. And so I'll leave you with that. Um, I encourage you to follow us. Uh, right now we're at point B underscore cast on Instagram. That is going to change uh, this weekend, hopefully. Uh, I'm working on some designs. I think I, I'm, I'm almost 100% sure we're going to change this to the Friday Detox. This is going to be the, the podcast you can come to at the end of the week to digest what was thrown at you Monday through Friday, politically and um, news-wise, but then also to let it go and refocus on God and recharge over the weekend with your family, with your faith, and just with life in general, reignite that passion and get ready for the week ahead. Uh, so Friday Detox, that's the direction we're heading. If you want to be a part of it, follow us. Right now it's still at point B underscore cast. And uh, share our posts and, and share share the, the new episode posts with your friends. Comment, like, and that's the only way we can get the word out. If you got any uh, suggestions or people that you want to see come on the show, DM us at point B underscore cast or email us info at crossandmusket.com. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate the heck out of it. And uh, I'll see you back here next week. Take care.